Hello, everybody. So welcome to the show. Um, I just want to warn anybody who's more of a casual listener, if you don't want to hear about the details of Chub Chaser sex, dating, and relationships, maybe this is not the episode for you. Or if that really piques your interest, stay tuned. It's going to get hairy. Welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast. You're joining a podcast that's already in progress, part two Ooh. of our very special Valentine's Day episode. Uh, <laughs> you'd be amazed the things that are coming up. Uh, <laughs> so welcome back. Enjoy. Uh, so here's the question. Is there something that leads chub chaser couples to have open relationships or is it just a reflection of gay relationships in general? Like, I guess the question is like, hmm. do, do chub chaser relationships tend to be more open or is it just that gay relationships are more open than straight relationships? And so we're a subset of that. Interesting. Observationally, I, I don't think I've seen greater amounts of open relationships among chub chasers than general gay population. I would agree with but that. But that might just be here in LA. I mean, I don't know. I think that's my sense too. Yeah. I, I know that a lot of chubs ask me like, they're they're having trouble finding a chaser who'll commit they're having trouble finding a chaser in the first place and what i like to point out is believe me i live in west hollywood i live among some really really hot a gay boys and they say the same thing yeah they're like yeah. where are all the committed people where are all the because everybody just seems to want to hook up you know and you're and you're talking to a person who looks like an adonis so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, yeah. and so it's 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 not because you're fat it is just something that is true right now in many parts of the gay community and not true in some parts of the gay community because there certainly are a lot of chub chaser couples this is anecdotal and i'm sort of pulling it out of my butt so bear with me i wonder if open relationships are a stronger phenomenon in older uh gay people who've had the more sort of dramatic coming out Ooh. experience because uh -huh. when you've had to fight for your sexuality and risk giving up or actually giving up everything you had to fully embrace your sexuality you may not want to just stay with one person you may want to engage your sexuality as much as possible because you paid for it interesting right I that almost sounds related to what dan said last week about uh sexualizing the male form is sort of endemic to gay art like mm -hmm embracing the sexuality and not covering it up is maybe a form of that is embracing many men yeah. and not just one or two. And if my theory is correct, then we would see less open relationships among younger gay guys who didn't have to go through the coming out trauma quite as dramatically as older people. That's interesting. I, I do definitely agree that you see the wish for monogamy usually in either older men who have very traditional backgrounds and who are maybe not as out mm -hmm. uh, or in the very, or in young guys, like, you know, I'm, I, I hear from like a 19 year old of like, you know, I'm trying to find a husband because I haven't had any dates yet. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> slow down. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. Calm um, and that, that I, I see a lot of young guys literally husband hunting. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, I'll but I think part of that might have to do with the fact, because I also see younger chasers who want monogamy, but older chubs who are like, do you really? Are you sure you do? Because we don't have to do that. 
you know, we don't. <laughs> We've been burned before. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's that, but I also think that because I used to be Mr. Monogamy when I was younger, and I'm pretty much not that now. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it it also comes with a think of it this way. You know, if you have if you're one of several siblings, you may have noticed that your parents were super strict with the first one. And by the time they got to the youngest, they're like, yeah, if you go play on the, if you go play on the freeway, just don't get hit too hard. (laughs) And I think that as older gay men, we're like, you you pick your battles and, and getting all, and for, I realized that for some people uh, having sex outside the relationship is the greatest sin imaginable. But for a lot of us, it's like, you know, why don't we just not have that rule since that's such a, difficult rule that seems to like why don't we just re, why don't we just change yeah. the game so that that's not a foul <laughs> you know yeah i mean again we for the older for the the older crowd who had to fight to come out you know why not if you have to risk everything why don't you have the relationship the ideal relationship that you gave up so much for yeah if the game's so and, damn hard why don't we just make it easier yeah yeah and if your ideal relationship involves you know someone to love and then a physical smorgasbord you know, to enjoy. And maybe that's separate for you. I don't know. Why do you have to obey the mores of a culture that rejected you to begin with? And something I've heard from one gay man in particular, um, a good friend of mine, he, he said, I don't want a husband. I don't even want, I'm too old to have a boyfriend because boyfriend sounds so high school. Mm. He said, I want a consort. (laughs) And I thought that was just such a lovely idea. And what he meant by, Mm. I want a consort is he wants someone to go to the opera with. He wants someone to go to dinner with, and he can have sex with whoever he wants, including that person. But that's the function of that person is to be a companion first and foremost, to be Mm -hmm. the go-to guy for social events, for getting for, for holidays, for all those things. And you know, the, the sex is something else. I, I've been racking my brain trying to think if there's any kind of correlation or like similarity to draw between like Chub Chaser open relationships and any other variety of open relationship. And I, I don't think I've noticed anything in particular. I don't know that it is any different um, from Chub Chaser. I I would say it would, the only thing I can think that would be different is just the, and I think we've talked about this before. It's the, the pool is smaller. And I think, you know, there's the, it's compounded. It's like, you know, being gay, you get less experience in kind of the same dating crush, you know, the whole, the whole, like, I don't know, relationship formation, dating, sex, all of that. And then when you add the chip chaser thing on top of that, it gets even, you know, less, you get less experience. So like, I, I'm kind of surprised that there's, you know, so many younger chasers who are like monogamy, monogamy, monogamy. <laughs> Maybe it's because the younger guys now sort of grew up just post HIV. And so they grew up, their entire childhood was was filled with messages of monogamy saves lives. Well, I know, you know, Trevor, you've shared with me that when you were growing up, the message was, you know, have sex and die. I mean, basically, it's like you can never be too safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I didn't have that at all. Well, but you were also, well, you're you from had the a lot South. Of, well, you had a lot of homeschooling. Uh, just two years. Hmm. I don't know. I, I guess it was middle school. So maybe that's when it would have been introduced yeah. for most people. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe that's part of it. But yeah, I didn't, I where didn't really you get grew up, was there any discussion of HIV or sexually transmitted diseases or pregnancy under HF? Like uh, you grew up and didn't, isn't you, aren't you like from abstention land and uh, no, abstinence I mean, only education? 
No, not in Charlottesville. I mean, Charlottesville is like the liberal center of Virginia. Like it is very much, it's a, you know, it's a college town and it's certainly not with my parents. My parents are both very liberal people. So I, I feel like that's not a message that would have been, I feel like that happened more after I came out and it was like, okay, well just remember to be safe. Like, you know, it can be kind of dangerous, you know, like just the general warning, but it w- there was never this pervasive, like AIDS is going to kill you if you have or have sex. Like that never really happened. That's interesting. I, th- I think I too- actually grew up just accepting I would be dead by 35 because mm. no one knew where it came from. Just gay people got it and died. Right. So. I think something else that has to be said here, and I've said it before, but I'll I'll say it differently. <laughs> the sometimes the desire for monogamy doesn't come from oh I want to be with this one person for the rest of my life. The desire for monogamy often comes from I don't want them cheating on me. Like I'm good yeah. with having sex with other people, but I don't want them cheating on me. I don't want them to have sex with anybody but me because they're mine. Mm-hmm. And and that's where the desire is coming from. Uh, I've seen that over and over again in relationships where the one who insisted on monogamy is the one who ends up cheating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's based more around insecurity than anything else. Yeah. It's based on possession, insecurity, Mm -hmm. sacrifice. Well, I think we've, we've tackled that substantially. Um, who, who, I forget who was next. I think think Trevor. Trevor? Okay. Trevor. Um, how would I introduce a fat boyfriend to family and friends? Fat boyfriend, meet family. Family, yeah. meet fat boyfriend. Yeah. That was my yeah. first thought. Is like, like any other boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I, there's nothing you're going to prepare their parents for. Uh, there's I, nothing you're going to prepare your friends for. I feel like the. I mean, I feel like if the concern is like you haven't dated somebody fat before, or introduced uh, you know your your chub boyfriend to your the people in your life, uh, maybe having and, and you're nervous about just diving in. Uh, you know, maybe show them like a cute picture of the two of you together, like a selfie yeah. that you took, like ease into like at the end of the day, like you shouldn't have to treat it any differently, but some, we also know that people just aren't wired that way. And so making it, you know, like it, what I found, like, especially I think for like coming out as gay and like a lot of people are terrified of that because it changes everything. It just changes the perception of you. But a lot of people after that initial, like, Oh, I now think of you differently. They will be just fine afterwards. Like, and I think in the same way, like once you get over the initial awkwardness of just things are new, like you, they'll be fine. Um, and I, you know, so maybe easing that burden for yourself is more important than actually doing anything for the other people around you. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to say. That this question is really born of how can I get comfortable letting people know that I like fat guys? Right. Yeah. I know this is a bit of a tangent, but uh, just I hate this question. Not not <laughs> ah. this question specifically, but like the nature of this. Question, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Where, like, basically, what this question is is how do I explain to other people that I'm attracted to you? Mm-hmm. And that sucks, you know. And, like, and I like, you know, I I, I, I acknowledge that. that it's a real question. I acknowledge mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. I acknowledge this person is not being selfish. She's not being, you know, uh, insane for asking it at all. But I hate the fact that it still needs to be asked I think because it hurts. There's a no. I, sorry, I'll just pitch, if I could pitch this in there. I I think that's really key, Don, because people, a lot of chasers, they're dealing with their own insecurity here, and they're not absorbing. They're not reckon. They're not reckoning with. This is very personal to the guy they're dating. 
Mm-hmm. It is extremely personal to the guy they're dating who has gone through his life being fat in the world that, yeah, the world does treat him differently. And here's just another iceberg to ram that boat into. And it, it, it's not just about the chaser. I get that. The ch- I get that it's a legitimate concern to have as a chaser, but it's not about you all only. This is a, this is, it's a dyad. So yeah, Don, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And the only additional advice I can offer to that is if, if you're introducing them to people, it means they're not a hookup, right? Mm-hmm. It means that you're mm-hmm. dating. It means they're a boyfriend. If the, you're dating and they're a boyfriend, you see something in them beyond the physical that's worth be, you know, joining that's worth, you know, uh, dating and bringing close to you and into your life, your friends, your family, they may not see it the moment that they meet that person. That's true. But as they get to know them, they're likely to see the same things, you know, so yeah, otherwise they wouldn't be your friends. Otherwise they wouldn't be your family. I think having struggled with this myself, uh, particularly recently. And when I say recently, I mean in the last 10 years, which have been sort of the magnitude of my growth as a person and as a chaser. Um, I think that I I certainly, of course, get where this person's coming from. Uh, And I think there it's important to note that it's not necessarily just a concern of embarrassment. It's, It's probably very much founded in, I want this to go well how can I make this go well? How, what are the, what are the, what are the hacks that I can use to make sure that this is the most positive version of this experience that can be? And I will also say, having run the gamut of this spectrum, the best that it ever went, in my opinion, was when I didn't do anything special at all. Mm-hmm. I literally just, as I would a new friend in my life, except it's my boyfriend, just, introduced him into elements of my life, met people, whatever, and didn't overthink it, which of course is one of the hallmarks of me is that I overthink (laughs) everything. Um, And when I let go of the concern about trying to control how people would react and trying to make sure that it was going to be the best possible thing in the world. And I let go of that. It actually was the best for everybody involved because they didn't sense that insecure pressure coming from me, I think more than anything else. And it was a much more relaxed experience. Yeah. What if you were, what if you were bringing home the greatest guy in the world and you want to introduce your friends and family? Just start there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next up, uh, we have a question. My partner and I are curious to try out non-monogamy and we thought about exploring that by way of having a three-way. However, we have very different tastes in men and can't seem to find anyone mutually agreeable. Any advice? Yeah, I run into this from time to time. It, and that is the that is the particularly special element of being in a chub chaser or any kind of, you know, I mean, heterosexual size. Deal with this too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I didn't mean gay. <laughs> I just meant like any any relationship where you have substantially different aspects of your physicality that where that is a component of why you are attracted to each other. I think it's going to play a factor. And of course, this is this is one of those. Yeah, there are so many things to say about this. Um, I mean, I think Trevor and I, like Trevor and I have never had a three-way, I think because of this mostly, but there's also something else. I mean, we've, I mean, trying to, I mean, uh, we, we came probably, close once. We came close was, once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, know, anyway. I was going uh, yeah, to. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but here's something else. Like I, I don't, I, three ways can be fun. 
They're a little complicated sometimes, but they can be fun. But really, I don't need to have a three-way with Trevor involved because I don't need half my boyfriend. Or I don't need half my husband. I don't, like, if I'm going to have sex with Trevor, I want to have sex with Trevor. And if I'm going to not have sex with Trevor, I want to have sex with somebody else. I would say that in, in a case like this, instead of thinking of the three-way as a half step towards non-monogamy, I would say feel free to let go of that. I mean, if you want a three-way, have a three-way. But if it's becoming a problem, think of it this way. What is it that you'd like to explore that you don't get to explore within your relationship? Like so that, and I find that while that can, on the one hand, drive up insecurities like, oh my God, I can't provide this. So they're going to go out and and get it somewhere else. Yeah, but guess what? You don't have to provide that. You're off the hook for it. You can relax. (laughs) You can just be you and do what you do best. I mean, it's it's sort of like when you went to college and you got to major in a subject that you were good at instead of going to high school and having to take all the subjects and getting A's in all of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> to rephrase it a little bit, do you really think he's going to throw you away because you don't do that one thing when he loves everything else that you exactly. are? Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, the only cautionary tale I will I will throw onto the end of that as a, as a little parenthetical is unless they are early in their sexual discovery and they figure out the one thing that they want to be all about. Well, you know, but, but better to do that now as early right. as possible, yeah. because believe yeah, me, true. do you want to invest 10 years in the relationship and then figure it out? Yeah. That's and- what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm thinking about the, the women who marry gay men. Wouldn't you rather figure that out on the honeymoon night than 10 years later with kids? Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. I have heard so many stories of gay guys who've gone to Hawaii and slept with grooms who are on there on their honeymoon. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. So many stories. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I keep thinking about what Dan said with the, the compromise thing. And it's like, you know, you want chocolate ice cream. Your boyfriend wants vanilla. So we're going to get strawberry. But like, <laughs> why not double down <laughs> and get like, you Two know, ice creams. <laughs> midnight, midnight chocolate ice cream and your boyfriend can get, I don't know, French vanilla because it's a little different. Well, yeah. How about the concept of rather than a three-way, a four-way with another couple, each of which have the physical attributes that one of you is attracted to? What often tends to happen, at least in my experience in a four-way, <laughs> uh, I won't go into all my four ways, right now, but, you know. <laughs> uh, but what tends to happen is you tend to watch your partner having sex with someone else it, it, while you're having sex with someone else. I mean, there, there tends to be this sort of mirroring effect that can be more disconcerting than a three way. Hmm. I, so I, from talking to people who have, have talked about having three ways themselves and I, cause I don't have any personal experience with that, but having talked to other people that have described it, cause I was curious about this exact same question. I was like, mm. how do you do that? They have chub chaser couples. And what I have found, first of all, there has to be a certain amount of leniency for one of the two, if not both, like as far as what they're physically attracted to, I, I don't have any personal anecdotal examples of somebody who was like, I cannot be in the same room as another chaser and then still had a three-way with another chaser. However, the key component that I took away from it was having an existing relationship of some sort with that third party, whether it's a, a mutual friendship with that person and, and having some kind of bedrock to kind of put 
all of the sexual experience on top of where you both trust that person. For instance, you both have a certain measure of like affection for that person that isn't necessarily a sexual attraction purely. Um, I have heard that that can be a really helpful aspect of, of having like a successful three-way that doesn't necessarily throw people into a tailspin afterwards. I would agree with that, especially if what's important to you is intimacy and sensuality. Mm -hmm. If what's important to you is getting certain sexual acts accomplished, then yeah, then it won't matter. And then it almost feels like, unless it is literally the three way that is the sexual act you want to accomplish, then then it almost feels like, you know, okay, well, again, like Dan was saying, like, well, you don't have to have a three way to get that one thing. You can, you can find that one person out there and have an open relationship instead. Although an incentive for two chasers to uh, share one chubby guy. Uh, two chasers can help the chubby guy assume all sorts of new interesting positions that he would never have conceived of on his own. Thank you, Don. You know, I just the only three out. ways I'm interested in are with another chaser and a chub. I do not want to, uh, contrary to like the rest of the rest of chaser dumb, it seems, I have no interest in two chaser, in two chubs. Uh, that, that, as I've said before, is a management problem to me. But <laughs> <laughs> Because it splits my attention. Whereas if if there's another chaser there and he's hot, that's like I appreciate bodies like that, but I can't I can't generate the sexual heat necessary to have my own time with him. And I, so having the chub there is just a wonderful way for everybody to have what they want and have a great time. I think uh, so. You've said that to me before, both on the show and well before we've talked about this. Uh, and I've I've started because I'm not necessarily in that same mindset, but I also haven't thought that much about it. Right. Um, and I, I've started kind of like running through the scenarios and like, okay, I think I could get behind that. But I think the one caveat that I think is probably always going to be true, maybe not always, I can't say always, but certainly is now is if it is somebody who is thinner than I am, that is likely to be an active turnoff for me. Like th- there is a, there's always a like, a wall that I hit with a very skinny person. Well, what if what if they weren't very skinny, but what if they were something that you admire in a non-fat person? Like maybe that's muscularity, maybe that's a haircut, maybe that like so that it's not yeah. something that's a turn What's off. What's the name of that soccer player that you love? Yeah. Well, I don't find him attractive. <laughs> no, but could you have a three-way with him? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I mean, that, that wasn't a, haha. that was a, yeah, see that, that made total sense to me, Don. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to bed with him, but in a three way, yeah, I can make that work. Mm-hmm. See, I, this is, I, I see this what is you're where, getting at. This is where we follow up to the mega chub. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, there you go. There you go. Two chasers, one mega chub. Uh, and find great those time. New, new positions. <laughs> this sounds yeah. like an X-Tube channel waiting to happen. I, <laughs> oh, it already is. Two chasers, <laughs> there, one chub. There's, that exists, trust me. <laughs> well, um, and, you know, and, and let me just say that a mega chub has the real estate to keep two chasers not, oh, only, yeah. <laughs> not only entertained, but separated. Oh, there's, there's much fun to be had. I think I could get behind what Dan's saying now. If, if, uh, if on a very basic level I find the other tr- chaser, like, handsome, like yeah. Not not necessarily attractive, but yeah, like I can I can kind of I can understand that at least intellectually I can get behind that. Well, and something else too, like I'm not trying to sell you on this, Michael, but <laughs> the like if you 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 know how you and I can talk about guys and there's an understanding that we have with very few other guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you can imagine that we're that it doesn't have to be me, but like you're you're with uh, a chub and another chaser, you can kind of share that wink, wink moment with that other chaser 
Mm -hmm. in a way that you really may not, you can't with the other chub. You can't with the chub you're with because they don't get it the same way. They don't find their body to be, they don't relate to their body like like you and the other chaser do. But you and the chaser can kind of share this kind of intimacy that isn't quite sexual, but it's about sexuality. I... I, I, like I said, I understand that intellectually <laughs> and I agree with what you're telling me. I have no idea what that would actually feel like in practice. It, it would yeah. be double high-fiving over a <laughs> mega chub with another chaser. I can just see us like all three of us in the middle of whatever we're doing, but then like the chaser and I both have like little teacups and saucers. Like this is really nice. <laughs> like, right? like, cheers. Like this is good job, sir. Good job. Like, well, the first I mean, one who calls me a crumpet gets a fist. You're doing a it, great job. But it is sort of that there is sort of, I, I mean, it is sort of, it's like watching another artist at work. It's wonderful. <laughs> well, but then I, I could totally see, this is where I get, you know, you get into like under one, maybe wanting to be on the same wavelength as the person on in other ways. Yes. Cause like, I could also totally see myself getting into the whole, like, depending on who the chub was being like, no, no, no. no. Okay. Hold on. You're doing that wrong. Just let, let me let, like, come on, like be a little bit more, you know, I could totally see that happening with the wrong guy. Uh, from experience, the magic <laughs> words for the magic words, for that incident, Michael, are oh, but try it like this. My my only three way experience was very weird, and it was a chaser was kind of like messing around on his boyfriend behind his back, and like, but to the point to where it was like sitcom bad. <laughs> where like I was over at the chaser and Chubb's house. And the chub went to the bathroom and he started making out with me. And I was oh, like, what God. are you doing? Like, this is like, no. Um, oh, he wanted to get caught. And then we were. No, he's just stupid. Watching <laughs> a movie. And it just, then it started to happen. And there was just a lot of, and I don't, I almost think, he, like, I, I think there's something that he wanted to get caught. Cause like the chub was like his, the chub boyfriend was running the scene. What do you mean running it? Like telling the chaser, like, okay, now do this, to, now do this to him. Oh, okay. This, this was a three-way. This, this you got roped into a secret three-way, is what that was. Yeah, it was an accidental <laughs> three-way. <laughs> the, the first time when you were there and the guy went to the bathroom, that was your audition. That was like, okay, mm. meet him, see if this guy is going to work for you, well, we and had, then we had done stuff before. No audition for the chub. Okay, it was for him to approve you. Yeah. I guess. I, I think I mentioned on the show once before, like the first time I had a three-way was with two chaser friends who set a trap for me. I Whoa. I didn't realize what was happening until we were like knee deep in it. Oh, wow. Um, that is a hell of a so, way to go in. Well, you know what? Um, like I found both of them attractive individually, but I, I didn't even know that anything was going to go anywhere. Um, and then, yeah, it's if okay. So if you can find a chaser to team up with, I feel like there are a lot of chubby guys out there who may not say no because of the curiosity of the experience. I mean, I think that is the kind of that, that that's the heart of this question is like you, that third person, like that, the, the if yeah. is like, who is the duplicate? Like who is the other second, whatever, that is the biggest question. Like in your case, the chasers had already agreed on it. So that the hardest part was already without taken talking care of. to me. Thank you very much. Right. Well, because, but I, you know, but Don knowing, knowing you, the, the, the bit that I do, I can well think of it that, <laughs> because you're you're not the most overtly sexual person. So what you perceived as a trap was like they didn't send you an email about it ahead of time. You know? 
<laughs> there was more involved, but yeah. the, the dirty look done is given. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, all right. Well, in, in the spirit of of Don being on the spot, let's let's give you the next question. Wait, how am I not the most overtly sexual person? <laughs> By uh, your own admission. <laughs> your own admission. Hold you on a second. You have literally said You've that a hundred times in the show. I know. I just that's like a, that's a brand Don right now. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the times in the show when I used to be the one that everyone would try and get to blush, and then sometime mm. around the Valentine's episode, it switched to Don. It's not fair. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's see. What do people discover when they figure out they can or can't be monogamous? What is it that finally makes them confident and comfortable enough that they choose to be open? Um, let me inject one note here that I'm seeing in a lot of these questions. Just because you experiment with having an open relationship doesn't mean the relationship has to stay open forever and ever if it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. Like you are not building a house. It, like you can you can go back to position one if necessary. I know a lot of couples are afraid that they can't. And it's really tough for me because given my life now, I'm trying to remember back when I was a monogamist, would that have made a difference? I, I think because a lot, a lot of couples say, well, like, you know, once, once you open up the relationship, it'll never be the same again. And I'm wondering, really, really why? I, I know plenty of relationships who experimented and then went back to normal. Yeah, you exactly. Know, it's like, Normal. Normal yeah. is unfair. Position I, I one. I like I, position I, one. I don't think it's like, oh my gosh, I lost I, I lost my monogamy of virginity. I don't think it's like that. I think it's more like what I was saying a few weeks ago about like trying something new. Mm -hmm. Except in this case, there's a whole lot of extra baggage attached to what's new. But it's like mm -hmm. people are afraid of doing something that shakes up what they're used to. And that you know, it's a very it's an oversimplification, but I think it does boil down to basically the fear of taking that step can be very much based in, I just don't want things to change because I like how they are. Mm -hmm. And yet we still have this question in front of us. Yeah, like you you, you don't have to, especially if you start building it up in your head, which of course mm -hmm. I am very prone to do, but you don't have to build it up into this giant yes or no, we're on or we're off. Like it's not... <laughs> you, you can be open a little and then go back to being monogamous and then, or whatever... I think as long as you're trusting of each other, which just goes back to having a good relationship in general and communicative, like mm -hmm. you can accomplish anything at that point. And yeah, you can go back and forth depending on what yeah. works and what doesn't. You can, you know, decide to be open and then go back, but you can also be open again. If you're both like, Oh, actually mm -hmm. like we both missed that. Like it's, it's really about communication. Yeah. I mean, that's, a lot of and honestly whether you're in an open relationship or a closed relationship like you should be taking time every once in a while to check in with the other person to make sure is this going well for you like i'm happy with what's going on but how do you feel mm -hmm. um and i i was about to say like if you started an open relationship you should do that but like no fuck that you should be doing that if you're in a monogamous relationship too mm. um, yeah i my first what i would call my first real quote unquote relationship uh that lasted for more than, you know, a couple of months, uh, was also an open relationship. And we, it was open from the start. Um, but didn't, didn't, neither of us really acted on it for the first year or so. And then, so there was an element of starting out kind of monogamous and then opening it up because there had to be the conversation of like, well, I know we're open, but I actually want to act on this now. And so there was the, the step, 
you know, that was taken to change, to actively change things. And I had never done that before at all. And I was actually the instigator of that moment. And so it was extremely new and very sort of nerve wracking, but it was like Dan said, it was born out of this idea of like, I am looking for something specific that we're not going to do together because it's just not what you're into. And so I'm going to go look for that specific thing elsewhere and we're going to be open and I'm going to talk to you and we're going to whatever. And that I would say worked more or less. And he, and he also, you know, found his own experiences and we, and he also had a specific thing that he was into that, you know, I could, I could do, I could take it or leave it, but he wanted somebody who was really into it too. And so we would go find those things and I will say the relationship did go into a tailspin, but not because of that. It was because we didn't have what Don just said, which is the trust and communication upon which any good relationship open or closed should be founded. And I, th- I would say that is why things unraveled from that point on. Um, not so much that we were open and exploring sexuality with other people. I, uh, one of my exes, we went from monogamous to non-monogamous. And we also, we, we didn't live very close to each other because we, we had, we lived in separate cities, but like 70 miles apart. And so it was really interesting that I would get to explore us, you know, my kinks, but, and he would get to explore some of the, some of the other sexual, cause I can, if I'm not in my kink, I'm really vanilla. So he got to explore all this other stuff and he developed what he referred to as his staff <laughs> and, his, and his staff because he, he lived near a, a big university. So he's got all these like 20 year olds who are specialists in huh. particular sexual acts and he would <laughs> employ them and schedule them for these particular and it was perfect, right? Because it was like, you know, because like he had the rimmer. And he had the the sucker and he had the, like, they were very, <laughs> they were very, this one guy, all he wanted to do was eat ass. That's all he wanted to that do. That is absolutely a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, my, my ex would like schedule, he likes, you know, schedule, schedule the rimmer for, you know, Sunday at 12. And <laughs> 12 to 12.15 and then the sucker for 12.15 to 12.30. And I mean, if was, each of them are only interested in a small area of your body, can't you just have all them all over at once? Well, have, I mean, yeah, it's just, that's just ooh. a schedule. That's, that's just a scheduling issue. Yeah. But, <laughs> and honestly, I don't, I think the positioning could get a little cumbersome and why not anyway, but the okay. point, is, but, but yeah, yeah. The, the point is though, that it was, it was such a perfect opportunity that for, for him to explore what he needed, I, for me to explore what I needed and for that not to get in the way of each other. That is such a relief when you don't have to be the be all and end all of every of someone's sexual fantasies. So I think one thing that people learn is like what makes what what makes the penny drop that like oh this is working. I think one is when you get needs met and your partner is not only okay with that but relieved by that. And number 2, when you get the idea, I think I think Michael said that they're not going to leave you because of this one thing. Like they're not my my I had another boyfriend who used to call it falling in love with a piece of chocolate cake. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get up from dinner because I want a piece of chocolate cake across the street. Like, you're not going to do that. Right. So I I think once you get that, like, yeah, you are okay. And if things do go south, it's not because of this thing. It's because of a bunch of other things that you weren't addressing to begin with. I'm imagining that there's going to be some listener who is going to be freed up by this and they're going to have a little like, like an Annie that like, I think I'm going to like it here song where 
<laughs> they're they're building their staff. <laughs> well, you can do that. I, I think it's I'm a hard on life for us. <laughs> but you can, you know, you can, there's your relationship is the way you design your relationship. Except most people don't design it; they fall into it. So uh, our next question, many people react negatively when they discover I'm in a relationship, even though it's very clearly stated in my profile. Is it best to not tell people you're in a relationship and just say you're looking for no strings attached? Uh, hmm. No, no, you no, need to tell people. that's a terrible idea. That's <laughs> a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> no, you need, you need to tell people. Yeah. And if they can't read a profile, uh, sometimes you need to sprinkle it back in there. And all you have to do is like say, oh, you know, my husband, my boyfriend, mm -hmm. my partner. And yeah. if they don't, they'll pick it up pretty quickly. And you can do that before you even meet the person. <laughs> Imagine someone just like shot, like realizing like while they're eating your ass, like what? <laughs> <laughs> Who else is Wait getting here? <laughs> yeah, I can tell you this is a, this is a story about a straight person, but I, I know somebody who had an amazing girlfriend um, and then he started banging other women he knew uh, without telling them he was in a relationship, although telling him, telling them that he was looking for no strings attached. Um, and at least one of those women, when she, when she found out she was another woman was so upset, she went out and just started attacking him in every manner, manner yeah. possible yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and trying that. to ruin his life, uh, as <sighs> revenge. So yeah, be upfront. Like I communication, 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 communication. Yep. I mean, if you're talking about a one shot hookup, like Honestly, like they're not responsible for your relationship, but if you're going to be having any sort of additional time with them, if they're going to get to know anything about you, no, 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 you got to You got to disclose. Oh, I, I think it needs to be disclosed even if it is, even if it is a one shot hookup, because that can make a big difference to someone else. And if that's going to be the case and if they're going to be upset, you want that upset right up front and not have to delve into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I mean, I feel a little differently in that. Like if it's a one shot, I am not getting involved in your life. Like we don't owe no, no, each no, other but, anything at that point. No, but some people will. Some people will think it's not a one shot. They may, because they may not know that. They may not agree to that. They may not see it that way. And okay. they think they're, they think they're on a first date. Uh, okay. All right. That's fair. I guess the, the, the moral of the story is just be clear with people what you are and what you want. Disclose, mm -hmm. disclose, disclose. Yeah. Communicate. Yeah. I and, mean, and if they have some big issue with it, like that's on them at that point. Like, yeah, that's been the call sign of our show. And every piece <laughs> of relation advice we give you is just freaking open your mouth and say what's on your brain. I know that's actually much harder to do than we make it sound, but it is necessary for your long term health and happiness. We have one last question. Yes. Trevor, take it away. <laughs> uh, Fold fucking is so last year. What are the weirdest, <laughs> best places to be fucked? On top of a Ferris wheel. <laughs> when the I circus actually, is in I, town. I did think of something for this. Because I, I, I had a very bizarre dream last week. And it was so set up for the dream. It was like, it was the end of the world, but it was very chill vibes. And it was basically like, <laughs> end of the world, but chill. And... I was with a bunch of random people, including this, um, like super scummy guy I had a crush on in high school, this like, I don't know, punky skater guy who, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> this is my gift to you this Valentine's Day. <laughs> I um, made achieve orgasm by pressing on the back of his knee. Oh, wow. In real life or in the dream? In the dream. Okay. In the dream. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, in the dream. It was dream um, sex, Michael. This is end of day's dream sex. Uh, this is before um, I was captured by um, hair harvesters and had to defend myself using magnets. Oh, nice. But, um, well, thank God you had magnets. Of yes. course. Yes. Um, so back of the knee. I think that's a thing. In fr- I think that's a thing. In Is it friends or there was some? No, it's um, um, Lucy Lou does it in Ally McBeal. Yes. Ally McBeal. Uh, I'll just, can I just say, if you think that fold fucking is getting old hat, you're not doing it right. There is, there is so much real estate there. There is such a variety of, of things to do and explore. Like, uh, come on. I think the, I think it's, it's maybe an elaboration on fold fucking. And I think, (laughs) so I, 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 I'm going to try really hard not to place this in time because I feel like a lot of people know the people that I've been with, but (laughs) there's at some point over the last 10 years, uh, discovered okay so yes there's there's fold fucking and there's other kinds of fucking um maybe the elaboration is like there's a lot of soft warm crevices to to slip into mm-hmm. like oh, which yeah. i guess you could probably just call you know the catch-all term could be fold fucking but yeah that's what i'm talking about i i will say i have tried like underarm fat Mm. like armpit arm fat area. Uh, that was quite an interesting experience. Oh yeah. I think particularly because th- here's my gift to you for this <laughs> Valentine's day. And this isn't even just a dream. Um, having like, I, for some reason for me, there's a, there's a something very appealing about being able to touch uh, the guy's head just in conjunction with many other things. Just like with my hand, just, I don't know, just appreciating that amount of contact Mm -hmm. and that particular position puts a whole new spin on that, that, that like, there's a whole lot of extra that comes with that, which is, I wouldn't necessarily do that for, you know, 20 minutes, but, uh, yeah, you can get creative. I, I brought clear. Were you whacking him (laughs) in the forehead with your junk? (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay. Not that oh. there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> I mean, for, but I imagine Michael's kind of talking about like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they little, can't see it. It's, it's audio. I know, but they can <laughs> for imagine. Don, for they can imagine. Just talking yeah. about touching his head. Okay, never mind. I'm, I, 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 yeah, I just totally get it. I get being it. Being able to like, you know, like the way the that you would caress somebody's head, mm-hmm. face, whatever. Like we were talking about a head massage earlier. It's in oh, that. It's just, we were talking about fucking. So I, like, my brain went somewhere two, else. Two things at once, Don. Two. <laughs> <multiple>. <laughs> my brain went somewhere else. It was a very, very strange we're, we're talking Wait. about multiple simultaneous experiences which is which is actually a great lead into my last piece uh, here is that <clears throat> usually what i'm going for because i'm way into the tactile and fold fucking and all that stuff but there needs to be at least two for me for my own pleasure there has to be like two things going on two things that I'm doing. So it is a bit, a little bit of that, you know, patting the head and rubbing the tummy. It is a little bit of that caressing the face and doing something else with my dick. There's always at least two things, sometimes three or four. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it just sets up these reinforcement waves of ecstasy in, in, in the chub. And it's just glorious. 
Yes, I'm just, sorry. The only visual I had was of Dan having sex while holding up sticks with both arms and a foot and spinning plates. <laughs> like just, <laughs> it's a beautiful image. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> took, took me years, Don. Took me years. <laughs> Way to go, Dan. <laughs> um, well, Don. <laughs> we three have answered the question <laughs> are you going to live I, up to your statement earlier about you I not being the prude said of the show top of the ferris wheel <laughs> top of the ferris I am wheel sticking by that yes yes you are that's definitely <laughs> the happy letter. valentine's day, <laughs> happy valentine's day. Yay. go out and have a riot of a time I have uh, but, a ride of the time inside. Is safely and don't don't get anybody COVID sick. <sighs> well, well that time thank again. you for spending another Valentine's Day with us. Yeah. Thank you for writing in your yeah. questions. We oh, had these were really awesome questions. Yes. Awesome questions, people. So much fun for us. It makes our jobs easier because all we have to do is blab. We don't have to do yeah. any kind of research. We just talk. <laughs> <laughs> blah, 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 penis. <laughs> blah, 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 fold fucking. Yeah. <laughs> so... If you want to know more about fold fucking, <laughs> don't give them my number on the air. <laughs> Read Dan and Michael's book coming out. <laughs> the, the fold, foldfucking.gov.edu. <laughs> well, the Biden administration really is liberal. <laughs> well, you can find us on social media. Can they, can they really? <laughs> as at Big Fat Gay Pod, Instagram, Twitter, you know the deal. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us, uh, we've gotten many wonderful five star reviews yeah. on Yay. Apple. Thank you so much. Why don't much. you write one? It's our yeah. Valentine's Day gift. See um, the, the, <laughs> this kind of self care things we mentioned on our website at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yay. Maybe you're a. Uh, <laughs> You're in the middle of your Valentine's Day three-way, and you look yeah. across the mega chub, and Michael's there. Hi! And he's going to give you a double <laughs> high five, so... <laughs> Watch out! Happy Valentine's Day! Yay! Happy Valentine's Day, Don't forget, sweetest day is October 16th. <laughs> I love the size of your heart. Aww. <laughs>